All right, all right. Good morning. Come on. Who's excited to be here today? You got to make some noise. Come on. It's Christmas. You got to be excited, right? Man, it is so good to see you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're at one of our locations, our campuses, we want to welcome you. If you're watching online, thank you for joining us as well. It is the Christmas season, and I'll tell you what, I am so excited about what God is doing right now in Better Life Church and through Better Life Church. You know, one of the things you heard Pastor Adam talk about with the gifts of hope, that's just so dear to our heart. We have so many people so many people's lives have been changed through recovery who has actually come to Barrel Life Church. God has done a work in their heart with the stuff that they're going through. And we've seen so many people saved and so many people baptized. And now for the opportunity for us to go on their behalf for a mom or for a dad that is going through recovery right now who can't be home on Christmas, that we, you, get to send their kid a gift for them. I'm telling you, man, that just blesses my heart. And so there's gonna be hundreds and hundreds of kids right here in our county, right here in our region are gonna get a gift from their mom and dad and let them know how much they love them. And guess what? You get to be part of that. And if you missed last week, I wanna encourage you to go back and check it out because we had a huge announcement you know, we're, we're a multi-site church, which means we are one church in three locations. And starting on Easter, we're gonna be one church in two locations. You're like, well, you're going backwards here. Shouldn't we be going like four or five locations? Well, when you start to multiply, that's how it goes. However, for the last several months, Pastor Aaron and I have been working together. He's a campus pastor at our Gracing campus. And I'm telling you what, God is doing a great work in his heart. I see it in his life and him and Emily. And uh, I just brought him in my office when I talked to him and said, man, I really believe God's hands upon you and there's something great in your life. And offered him, do you wanna be the lead pastor of the campus in Grayson and take the church and be the campus pastor, move from campus pastor to the senior lead pastor. And he was like, oh man, I don't know about that, I don't know about that. And then over a couple of weeks of praying, him and Emily just confirmed that in my heart and in their heart. And so we're super excited that we get to be the mother church, the sponsoring church, and launching them with their own independent campus and church. So come on, man, is that not exciting? We love you, Pastor Aaron. I know you guys are watching this. And Grayson, and this is what God is doing through you guys is just unbelievable. In fact, if you're new or visit with us, every year we do a year-end offering. And at the end of the year, we take up an offering. The offering is anything above your ties. And what we do, we bless missionaries, we bless mission organizations, we help nonprofit organizations, we help kids uh, who, who are needing gifts, we help those who are impoverished. And a part of our year in offering is actually gonna go to launch that campus, their own independent, they're gonna rebrand, rename with Pastor Aaron, and man, I'm just so stoked. So I want you to know that part of that year in offering is going to help them as well. But one thing I'm really super excited about, a couple years ago, we partnered with the organization that helps and negotiates paying off medical debt for families who can't afford it. And so what we found out through this, this company is that for pennies on the dollar, basically pennies, you can pay off medical debt uh, in the Appalachia area. And so you don't get to really handpick the area. You just say, in the Appalachia, you know, we like to be part of it, and we funded that and paid off medical debt for families who can't afford it. And so we had this idea, what if we call local hospitals and locally around and ask, hey, what's the medical debt? How can we help be part of it? Is there some type of, you know, uh, same strategy that we could work with them? Well, right here, let me just speak. I know we have in, in Boyd County there in Carter County, but right here in Rowan County alone, there's over $4 million worth of medical debt right here just in our own county. And so we're thinking, okay, how can we in our region locally really help those people? 
And so we were able to talk to the hospitals and, and work out a, a deal and talk to them. They're like, you mean you wanna pay people medical debt off? I'm like, yeah, man, isn't that gonna be awesome? Like, okay, <laughs> sure, great. I'm like, so tell us, what would it cost to do it? And honestly, what we found out is basically for pennies on the dollar, let me give you an example. $15,000, right here just in our own local community, $15,000, watch this, will pay off 700 families' medical debt. Are you kidding me? Is that not insane? And the hospital says, here's what we'll do. We'll actually, we'll send them a card and, uh, and, and you know, obviously that there's been paid in full. Uh, we're a church. We know about what's been paid in full. Jesus paid in full. They'll send a card and say, your debt has been paid in full on behalf of Better Life Church. Merry Christmas. And I'm like, are you kidding? So next week, our urine offering, part of our urine offering is gonna go and help pay off right here, local milk. And I, that just, man, that just gets me pumped. I just so excited about that. So here's what we ask you to do. If you wanna be part of that, that's between you and the Lord, it's not between me and you. Uh, here's what we always ask people to do, and we've done this for the last 15 years. Go home, and here's what you do. God, what would you have me to give? What would you have me to do to be part of this year in offering? If he tells you not to give a dime, don't give a dime. That's just between you and the Lord. We want you to be obedient. Listen to Jesus, do what he tells you to do. And whatever he puts on your heart, just be obedient and do it. And I want you to know, by being obedient and doing whatever God puts on your heart is gonna go, watch this, help missionaries, mission organizations, nonprofits, families, kids, Planting a church, come on, man, planting a church and also helping pay off locally medical debt. So I'm telling you, what God's gonna do through Better Life Church, I, I just, I, I'm about to have a spell, man. I'm just excited about it. Like, I'm really stoked to see how God wants to use our church to be a beacon and a light and hope in this community and in this region. So man, you just go home, listen to Jesus, do whatever he tells you to do. All right, grab your Bibles, go to Luke chapter one as we continue in this series called The Cast of Christmas. And I love this series so far. It's been one of my favorite series really to go through. It's fun because when you look at the nativity scene and you see like there's Mary and Joseph, right? Everybody wants to be Mary and Joseph in a Christmas play, right? Everybody wants to go for that one, right? And so you got Mary and Joseph and we know baby Jesus, but then you got shepherds. Like why were shepherds there? I mean, why did God pick shepherds to be at the, at the birth of Jesus? And then you have like these three wise kings. Well, there were more than three. We only have three gifts. But anyway, we'll get to that. And so you have three wise kings. But didn't the wise men get there when Jesus was almost two? Why is the wise men at the baby manger, Jesus? Like, why are they at the baby? Why is the wise men in the nativity scene? They shouldn't be there. But anyway, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna talk about that. Have you ever, ever thought about how, why are they there? And so last week, we looked behind the scenes at the first Christmas verse, if you wanna say in the Bible, goes all the way back to Genesis chapter three. Sin entered into the world. God already knew how he was gonna make a way back to him. And so Genesis 3.15, the Bible tells us that through Eve's seed is gonna come one who's gonna deal Satan a final blow. Satan, you're gonna snap at his heel, but man, he's gonna hit you in the head. And that is what happened. Satan thought he took Jesus out. He was in the grave for three days, but guess what? He got up out of the grave. And now he can say, oh, death, where's your sting? And he took the final blow out of death when he got up out of the grave. So that was fulfilled. And then through Abraham and through King David and now all the way through Mary and Joseph. And that's who we're gonna look at our cast today, Mary and Joseph. Now, a lot of people kinda know, you hear the story about Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, but do you know the backstory? Like, how did we get to this place? Well, last week, we, we picked up behind the scenes when Gabriel appears to Zachariah, who's been praying for a baby. Him and his wife, Eliza, have been praying, God, give us a child. They're past age-bearing years, probably about as old as your grandma, past age-bearing, could not have any children, and here's what God said, I've heard your prayers. 
How many of you are praying for a miracle and you're just thankful that God hears your prayers? Come on, man, that God hears your prayers. Even when you think it's hopeless, even when you think it can't happen, God can make it happen. And so, you know the story that we learned last week is that Zachariah went and told Elizabeth, guess what, you're gonna get pregnant and you're gonna have a, a, a child, and we're, a son, and we're gonna name him John. And that was to fulfill the prophecy that there's gonna come one in front of Jesus who's gonna be the voice calling in the wilderness, who's gonna pave the way for the Lord, and we know that now to be John the Baptist. And John the Baptist did that. In fact, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, and he ushers in the Messiah. And now, six months have passed, Elizabeth is pregnant. She probably wishes she had that book, What to Expect When Expecting. Hello, moms, come on, right? How many of that, that saved you if you've been through pregnancy? Like, especially your first one. What do you expect when you expect? She obviously didn't have that. But anyway, she's six months pregnant. She's in seclusion, and God says, Gabriel, it's time to go again. I want you now to go to Nazareth because there's something special happening in this little town of Nazareth. Now, what is Nazareth? Well, here's what we know about Nazareth. They've excavated it. They found it on the side of a mountain, and it's on a sloped mountain. About 200 rooftops have been excavated when you walk through it. And so this little bitty house is on top of this mountain, slides down, and so you can see the ripple effect all the way down. A population of about 400 people. Now that's crazy, because like my graduating class, my senior year at Belfry, my graduating class was almost 300 people. I about knew everybody in class. Like 400 people in a town, what do you mean? Everybody knows everybody. Like most of you have more friends on Facebook than 400. Most of them are fake. That's another whole story. We'll get to that sermon later. But 400 people in this small town, they all knew each other. And so now in this small town was this boy and this girl named Joseph and Mary. In the middle of nowhere, secluded, poor, impoverished, simple way of living, on side of a mountain, town of 400, God is about to put Nazareth on the map. And Gabriel, I want you to go down because there's these two individuals, their lives are about to be turned upside down, named Mary and Joseph. Have you ever thought about Mary and Joseph? Like, I mean, have you ever thought about like the cast, like the behind the scenes? Well, let's go back and let's just think that if you're in a town of 400, you know everybody. Joseph and Mary no doubt knew each other. They probably played in the same field together. They probably saw each other in the marketplace. They probably went to the temple and passed. I know their families would have known each other. If you think about it at this point, when, when Gabriel goes to Mary, she's between the ages 12 and 14. Joseph is probably somewhere around 17 years old, so they knew each other. Their siblings probably played with each other. They passed each other. They knew about each other. And I can see now, here's Joseph, he's 17 years old, ish, around 17, and his dad's a carpenter, and he's following in his dad's footsteps to build as a carpenter would build. And his dad goes up to him and says, hey, Joe, come here. And Joseph walks in the room and says, yes, pops, yes, sir. Hey, you know what, you're 17 now, 16, 18-ish, right there, 17 now. Um, me and your mom, we've been talking about, you know, it's time to have some grandbabies, and it's time for you to find your wife. If you're trying to follow me in the Bible verses, this is not in there, okay? This is not in there. If it is, you got to, you know, you got to talk to me about this. Like, it's, I'm just trying to make you paint the picture behind the scene. Joseph, dad would have went to him and said, son, it's time for you to find your wife. Is there anyone that you like? 
He goes, well, Dad, you know, I've been thinking about it. I really like working with you, and I really like the job and the family business. And, and you know, if I really had to find someone or pick someone, I found this one girl. Man, her name is Mary. Here, tell me about it. Well, you know her parents, Dad. You know, you, you've seen them in the marketplace. And tell me a little bit about Mary. Well, man, she's just so pretty. Every time she smiles, she's, her face glows. I watch her and her friends giggle when I walk through the marketplace. Like, Dad, there's something special about, about her. I just, she's just a really good, godly girl and loves the Lord. And she's always praying and worshiping at the temple. And there's something you should think about her. And if I had to pick someone, I would pick Mary. So you know what Joseph's dad would have done? Joseph's dad went to Mary's dad and said, I would like to talk to you about my son taking your daughter in marriage. Let's talk through this. Because back then, it was arranged marriage. You didn't get to pick who you married. I kind of think we should go back to that. Like, who stopped that? Like, I'm gonna pick who gets to marry my kid. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't that be amazing, parents? Some of you are trying to do that right now. That's another whole sermon. We'll get to that later as well, right? And so Joseph's dad would have went to Mary's dad and said, hey, my son would like to marry your daughter. Let's talk through this. And once they worked out an agreement, both of them, legally signed a document marrying Joseph and Mary, and then Joseph's dad would have had paid for her, would have bought her with a bridal price. And so Joseph's dad went and he found something, and I don't know what the exchange could have been so many different things, and so here he goes, he said, here is a price I'm gonna pay, and I'm going to buy your daughter. Why? Because his daughter help provided for the family. She'd work in the field, she'd take care of the animals, she'd take care of the house, and now Mary's dad is losing that helpmate. And so between age 12 and 14, this little teenage girl, soon to be teenage girl, is now betrothed. We would call it engaged with a signed contract legally binding them two together. The only way to separate this is the certificate of divorce. So here's the catch. You guys now, Mary, Joseph, you two are now legally married. However, because of our Jewish customs, you can't live with each other, have sex with each other uh, for the next 12 months. And so even though you're married, you're gonna remain in our household for the next 12 months. And our custom is if you keep yourself pure and keep yourself away from each other, stuff like that, then guess what? You come and you take your bride to be with you. And this is another side note. This is so good. This is so good. The groom would go to his father's house and begin to build a room onto his father's house so that when he goes and gets his bride and brings her to his father's house, they would have a room attached to the house that they would live in and begin to raise their family. It's beautifully when you look at John 14, when the disciple says, Jesus, where are you going? And Jesus says, don't worry about where I'm going. I am going to my Father. And in my Father's house are many rooms. And in my Father's place, I'm going to prepare a place for you to come back to get you to receive you to myself. And it's a beautiful picture of Jesus saying he is the groom and the church is the bride. And he is going to come back. He is preparing a place for you right now. And he is going to come back and gather us in the church to go and be with him. Isn't that such a beautiful picture? And you know how the bride knew the groom was coming? She heard a sound. Where's my prophecy buffs out there? What sound are you gonna hear? There will be a trumpet. And when Joseph finally prepared a place and the one year was up, guess what Joseph would do? He would come into the town of Nazareth and he would blow the trumpet horn and Mary would have heard the trumpet and knew that my groom has come to get his bride. Is that not a beautiful picture? 
And so fast forward, let's go back, let's go back here. Joseph is now preparing a place. They have legally bond to be married, arranged marriage by their parents. Joseph is to marry Mary. And now we get to the good stuff. All right, here we go. Luke chapter one. Let's go all the way down to verse 26. It says, in the sixth month, Elizabeth was pregnant. We learned about Zechariah and Elizabeth last week. She's pregnant with John the Baptist. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged, betrothed. Remember, the parents legally bond contract. They're already engaged. They're already married. And the only way to break this marriage is through a certificate of divorce. It's already bonding. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now, let me tell you something about Luke. Luke is a doctor. And because he's a doctor, he has a very acute attention to details. He is writing the gospel of Luke to a guy named Theophilus to give him a detailed account of the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. And so, he, as a doctor, you're gonna pick up things in this text when he's talking about it that's very acute attention to details. There's two things that Dr. Luke wants you to know about this text. Number one, she was a virgin. Why is that important? Because the prophecy said in Isaiah 7, verse 14, the Lord said himself, he will give a sign. Look, there will be a virgin. She will conceive. She will give birth. And you are to name him or call him Emmanuel, which means God's with us. Now, a lot of people want to debate this word virgin. It's ridiculous, but I'm just throwing it out there. They want to debate it. And they said the Hebrew word for virgin actually means young girl. And so what they're saying, there's a young girl. It's not that she never said, I'm about to show you that Mary says, bro, I've never slept with a man. How can I be pregnant? So this was a virgin who's never had a relationship with a man is now about to get pregnant. And it's, it's a miracle. It's impossible. So Dr. Luke wants you to know this girl has never had a relation with a man. He's a doctor. He wants you to know that. He also wants you to know that this that this person or from the house of David. He says there in verse 27, it says a descendant of King David. Why? Because the prophet Jeremiah says this. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will rise up or raise up one righteous descendant from the king of David's line. We talked about that last week. He will be a king who rules with wisdom and he will do what is just and right throughout the land and this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. And in that day, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. Now, fun fact, Mary and Joseph both were from the line of David. Just wanna throw that out there. So both of them from the line of David. So Dr. Luke wants us to know, this is the miracle birth of the Messiah. So who he's writing this to, Theophilus, if you can read Luke chapter one and verse one, he says, I'm sending this detailed account. The one that you've been talking about, Jesus, guess what? He is the one who was prophesied. He is the one who was born of the virgin and he is from the line of David. Background is very important when you understand and talk about here the cast of Christmas. Verse 28, Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean by this. Now, why would she be confused and disturbed? Well, in the literal Greek translation, it says the angel came in, which means most likely that Mary was in her house, in her safe place, and all of a sudden, a man appeared to her. Now, what's, what's important about this is that in this custom, a man would not address a woman who was married or engaged, but she was married. 
He would not address her. So she's dumbfounded. Like, what you, you're in my house or you're talking to me. Like, why are you talking to me? You ain't supposed to be talking to me. Like, the custom, this is not right. You don't, I'm a married woman. Like, why are you here? So first, that catches off guard. But two, what do you mean the Lord's with me? Like, what do you mean that the Lord is with me? How have I been found favor in God? Like, I, I'm just Mary from Nazareth. Like, so she's disturbed by this. How could this be me? How could this be happening? Verse 30. And this is what we see typically when angels appear on sight. Don't be afraid. Wouldn't you be afraid? Like, y'all be freaking out. I would be freaking out. Like, he said, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Now, AKA, that's all about Jesus. We're gonna talk about the cast of Jesus next week and talk about the baby Jesus. So we'll save that passage there to break that down next week when we talk about Jesus. Keep reading verse 34. Mary asked the angel, look what she says, how can this happen? I am a virgin. Not how can this happen, I'm just a teenager. I'm a young girl. Wait a second, I've never been with a man. How can I get pregnant? Like, this is not possible. It, it's, it's, it's human, this is, can't happen. How is this possible for I am a virgin? And then verse 35, the angel of the Lord replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. It's that, that overshadows the picture on Mount Transfiguration when God came down in the, and the clouds overshadowed them. It will surround you so the baby to be born will be holy. He'll be sinless and he will be called the Son of God. And then Gabriel validates this miracle by verse 36, it says, guess what? You know your relative Elizabeth, the one you've prayed about, the talked about, and the one you know that couldn't have a child? Oh, by the way, guess what? Your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age, which is a miracle, that's just impossible. How do you do that? People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son, and she is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. What God says will come to pass. What God said in Genesis chapter three, he was gonna send one through Eve, come through Abraham, come through King David's line, is here. What God says will not fail. It will come to pass if he has spoken. And then look at verse 38, Mary responded. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said Every word that you have spoken about me come true. And then the angel left her. You know, everybody wants to know, Mary, did you know? She knew. She's from the bloodline of David. She knows the prophecy. She's righteous in the sight of the Lord. She was holy. She was set apart. She didn't have a Bible like we have the Bible. She was full of God's word. She knew the text. She listened to the teachers in the synagogue and the temple. She kept the law and been obedient to the customs. She knew, oh my goodness, God has picked me to carry the Messiah. She knew. So much she knew, she said, what you have said to be true, may it happen to me. I want you to hear that faith because you know what would have most likely if Joseph didn't intervene the way he did, happen to her? A woman who is married, now an adulterer out of wedlock who is pregnant, 
What are people gonna say? Could you imagine going back to Joseph? Hey, Joe, what's up, man? I've been gone for three months. Oh, by the way, I'm pregnant and you're not the daddy. What would the community say about her, this adulterous woman, or what they would have thought? What would her family have said to her? Honey, come on. You know you can't get pregnant if you don't. Come on. What do you, who do you think we are? So you think about the emotional stuff that she would have, would have had to carry in this society. And she looks at the angel and says, no, please, don't, no, no, pick somebody else, not me, because you don't understand, like, my dad. You don't understand, I, I married my husband. No, no, please, the community is gonna excommunicate me. Like, I, I, could, I could be stoned to death if they find, please, just pick some other girl. Don't, don't pick me. She knew. And she knew so much, she had so much faith, if she was carrying the Messiah, that the one who placed it in her womb would protect her. Mary knew. She knew so much, look what happens in verse 39. She didn't know who to talk to, so she ran. She hurried to the hill countryside of Judea to a town where Zechariah lived. She entered to the house and greeted Elizabeth and said, and at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child, which was John the Baptist, in her, was, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Like she, something happened right here and Elizabeth gave a cry out and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. And then Mary goes on and tells Elizabeth what happened. You weren't gonna believe the story. This is the angel appeared. The angel Gabriel, Gabriel appeared to me. Gabriel appeared to you. Oh my goodness, I'm, I cannot believe this. And I want you to know that Elizabeth wasn't jealous. She goes, man, why wouldn't God pick me? Why didn't God pick me to carry the baby? Why didn't God pick me? There was no hint of jealousy. Why? Because she was a righteous woman, a holy, devout, set-apart woman. To the fact, look what she says in verse 43. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? Why am I so honored that the one who carries, the one who's gonna save me in Israel visits me? You don't think Mary knew? Mary knew. And so did Elizabeth. And they rejoiced together at the visit. And verse 44 says, when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. And I love this, I'll come back to this, but you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said, watch this, he would do. But I love verse 44, at your greetings, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Why? Because Mary was carrying Jesus. Mary was carrying the Messiah and she was excited and watch this, it radiated off of her and because of that, the baby John the Baptist even leaped for joy. Let me fast forward that 2,000 years later. You carry Jesus everywhere you go. Some of you right now are about to go into the most dysfunctional family events in your life and you're already dreading Christmas. You're already dreading what your mother-in-law is gonna say. You're already dreading the gifts. You're already dreading the travel. You're already frustrated and you're making plans because Amazon says you have two days left or you're gonna get it after Christmas and you're having a panic attack. Like everything is happening right. But I want to tell you that you as a believer in Christ, you carry Jesus everywhere you go. And when you walk in the room, when you show up to your dysfunctional family, when you walk into that vet, can people have joy because you carry the presence of Jesus with you? See, we see Mary and we see the cast of Christmas and we think about all oh, that's great for him. But as a Christian, Jesus lives within me. The Holy Spirit of God is in me, which means I get to carry Jesus everywhere I go. Can people see that in you? Can your family see that in you? 
So don't skip over Christmas and realize, oh my gosh, Mary, she's carrying Jesus. Great, guess what? I carry Jesus everywhere I go. And how does people respond when you walk into the room? Here they come again. Bad attitude, pessimistic, negative Nancy, talks bad about everyone, gossip, gossip, gossip. Do we have to go to their house? And you claim to be a follower of Jesus? Let this Christmas be different. Let this Christmas you realize the hope that you carry within you that can transform the people around you. And so they exclaimed and they were excited and said, you are blessed because you believe what the Lord would do, what he said he would do. And then for time's sake, if you wanna go home and read, but verse from 46 to 56, Mary breaks out into a song and hymn. And she begins to sing a song that was full of scripture, reminding you she didn't have the Bible that we had to sit here and memorize scripture. It was all from what she was taught orally from the priest and the synagogue and the temple and what her parents would have told her from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the way through what God has done. And you could tell that there's something unique about Mary. She was full of God's word because she begins to sing about God's word from verse 46 to 56. And now Joseph, who I believe is the forgotten cast of Christmas. We see all the cast, you got Mary and Joseph. We kind of talk a little bit about Joseph. You got baby Jesus, you got the shepherd and the wise men. We sing songs about the wise men and three kings of warriors and all. You don't want me to sing, trust me. And they bring these gifts and stuff. You got the shepherds. We'll look, all, we'll look at that cast down the road. But Joseph, probably one of the greatest casts that's overlooked. Could you imagine your wife? What Joseph would have gone through when he found this out? Could you imagine what his family would have said to him? Imagine what he would have said to his dad. Dad, I'm sorry, I picked the wrong one. I thought she was the one, man. I thought she would be the one, and now I've gotta do a certificate of divorce. Imagine what people would have said to him about his wife. So Matthew gives us a little insight into Joseph. And in Matthew chapter one, verse 18, it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. We just learned about that. But before the marriage took place, that was the official ending ceremony. They already had the legal ceremony. While she still was a virgin, Matthew wants to know that's very important, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So here's Mary meets Gabriel, finds out she's about to become pregnant. She goes to Elizabeth. She stays there for three months. First child, probably barely showing. And somehow after the third month, Joseph finds out. Maybe he saw her stomach. Maybe she just opened up and said, I need to talk to you about something. We don't know how he found out but he did. And when he found out, the text wants us to know that he was mad, man. He was upset. It angered him in his heart, but he was a righteous man, a just man, a God-fearing, holy man. So now he has two options. Well, at least he thought he only had two options. 
One, I could divorce my wife publicly, which brings her before the elders, which means the elders will determine if she's an adulterous woman, which by law can mean she could be stoned to death. Well, Joseph loves Mary. He don't want that to be her fate. This was his wife. The other option he has is to divorce her quietly. Still, you had to do it in front of a witness, in fact, two witnesses. So divorce her quietly would mean he had to tell two people what has happened. They would assign the papers and he would have put her away quietly. And then Joseph would have went on with his life and then whatever happened with Mary would happen with Mary. He decided that he was gonna put her away quietly because he was a just and righteous man and he loved her. He didn't, he didn't wanna bring shame to her even though it hurt him so bad. So he made his mind, this is what I'm gonna do, but then all of a sudden, <laughs> the angel of the Lord appeared and said, there's a third option, and here's what I want you to do. Verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Oh man, I wish I had so much time to go into this. Look at this. Look what he says. Joseph, son of David, I guarantee you that Joseph has never in his entire 17 years or 18 years, however old he was, in his entire life has never been called the son of David. You see, don't forget Joseph was a little five-year-old boy who goes to the rabbi school training. He knows the first five books of the law. He starts studying the Bible. He starts knowing everything by the age of 10. He's quoting out stuff that you and I can't remember. But he chose not to go to become a rabbi, but to follow his father into carpentry. Joseph knew everything about the text. And when he heard in that dream, Joseph, son of David, that right there, my friends, woke him up. I love the Bible. I'm so glad that God is so specific and so unique that he leaves clues and we can see this. He said, Joseph, son of David, why? Because you are a descendant of David. And you know the story the prophet Jeremiah told you that someday will become the Messiah through King David's lineage through his seed. And guess what? You, Joseph, are the son of David. And Joseph, I wasn't there, you weren't there, but I could imagine what was happening in this dream. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child is within her, was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophets. And what was that? We just read the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And then verse 24, this is so good. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, and he did not have any sexual relationships with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Let me just unpack that one verse right here real quick. Once you see this, actually verse 24 and 25, this forgotten cast of Christmas, Joe, I want you to listen to his greatness because it testifies of who he is. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did exactly as the Lord commanded him. What did he do? Look what it says. He took Mary as his wife. What does that mean? That means he broke all Jewish customs. He didn't break the law. He broke the custom. The custom is you to wait 12 months, then she becomes your wife. He said, nah, uh I'm taking her now because the angel told me to. I'm gonna take her to protect her. 
So here she is at least three months pregnant. We don't know how long after or before Joseph found out. Takes Mary instantly to be his wife. I'm not waiting to fulfill the rest of the 12 months or whatever, how many months were left. And he did that to spare her from shame of what would people think about her now pregnant when she's betrothed. He did exactly what the angel told him to do. The second great thing is, he did not have any sexual relationship with her. This is his wife. He's married. But he obeyed to keep his wife pure until the baby was born so that unbelievers would not slander and think, oh, come on, man, you guys have been married. Surely it's your son. Come on, man, we're not ignorant. Come on. Right, come on, it takes two to tango. We, we know this, come on, there's evidence. But he did exactly because he's a righteous, just man. And then, and then, this is so good. We read this, and of course, if we don't know the context, we, ever, we, we don't see this. And it says here in verse 25, and Joseph, when he was born, Joseph, Joseph, let me say it one more time in case you didn't hear me. Joseph named him Jesus. What is so significant about that? This is not Joseph's blood DNA son. But when the father names the kid, now he has legally birthright adoption over that child, and now that child is considered part of his lineage where he's blood related or not. Here's what I mean by that. Even if Mary was not from the descendant of King David, even if she wasn't, and Joseph was, and Joseph named him Jesus, he still would have fulfilled the prophecy of coming to the lineage of King David. And so Joseph did exactly what the angel told him to do. Ever thought about this? Jesus had a stepdad, an adopted father. Joseph, he had half brothers and half sisters. See, most of us probably come from blended families. Don't overlook the cast of Christmas. There's people in the cast of Christmas who come from blended families. And he did exactly what the Lord said. And here's what I wrote down. Mary believed God and Joseph obeyed God and they both were blessed. And there's so many application points in this text. There's so many ways we can apply this to our life. But while I was preparing this, three questions kept coming to me. And I don't know if they're just for me. Maybe God's just asking me these questions. I, I don't know. But maybe he's asking you this Christmas season these same questions. I have no idea what you're going through in life. I have no idea what you're praying about. I have no idea your struggles. I have no idea what's going on, but God does. And maybe you have been praying specific prayers and God may have brought you here today for you to answer these questions. Very easy. Number one, do you believe me? Do you believe me? God is asking you this morning, do you believe me? Do you believe what I said is true is true? Do you believe that in Genesis chapter three, I told you I was gonna send someone 
who's gonna take the death out of, sting out of death. Did you believe, when I said, Abraham, through your seed you'll be blessed. Do you believe that through kingdom? Do you believe me? Do you believe me I told you that I was gonna bring your wayward kid home? Did you believe I told you I'm gonna save your spouse? Do you believe when I told you I was gonna heal you? Do you believe me? I have no idea what you're praying through, but I really, God wants you, do you believe me? Second, do you trust me? Do you trust me when things seem impossible, when things seem like there's no way possible it can happen? Do you trust me that I can still perform a miracle in your marriage, in your addiction, in your physical healing? Do you believe that I can bring the wayward home? Do you truly believe, do you trust me even though when hell breaks loose all around you, do you trust me? And then the last one is, will you obey me? What does God ask you to do that you need to do? And maybe those were just for me in my time studying with the Lord that he's saying, Daniel, do you believe me? Do you trust me? Will you obey me? And I have to work that out in my own walk with him. Or maybe he brought you here today as well. And one of those questions like, I've stopped believing or I quit trusting or he's asked me to bless someone or do something or help and, and I've not obeyed him. Then I'm just gonna encourage you to listen to the spirit and be faithful, you can trust him. Because what he says is true. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads just for a moment. Maybe the Lord brought you here just to open up your heart and go, wow, I didn't know the story, I didn't know the behind the scene, and I really never put that together, and God did exactly what he said he was gonna do, and specifically, and, and if he's that specific, then maybe there is a reason for me being here, maybe there is a purpose for me, and I thought God was doing something else, but he brought me here today to hear this, that he loves you, he has a purpose for you and a plan for your life, and he wants you to surrender to him. And you could do that right where you said, or if you're watching at one of our campuses or online, you could do that right now and just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me and I believe you died for me and I believe you got up out of the grave for me. God, I repent of my sin and I've put all my faith and trust in you. And if that's you, just in a moment, host or your campus pastor, they're gonna come out and they're gonna share with you your next steps. Second thing I wanna encourage you to do, slow down. Christmas is just a few days away. And everything's gonna be okay. It's hectic, it's okay, it'll work out. In fact, I wanna encourage you to slow down so much that you would do this. Do you know that during the Christmas season, it's one of the number one Actually, Sundays or Christmas time is one of the number one times that people will come to church with you. I'm talking about your coworker, your boss, your coach, your teammate, your classmates, your aunt, your uncle, your grandma, your kids. And I wanna encourage you, would you just slow down and begin to pray for them right now? and invite them. We have two more opportunities this year. 
Next Sunday, we're gonna talk about Jesus. You don't wanna miss that. And then on the 23rd, on the Friday night, we're moving our Christmas service from Sunday morning to Friday night so you could be with your family. We've got a special little Christmas thing for you on Christmas Day, but Friday night's gonna be our Christmas service. You know that people will come with you if you just invite them? There are hundreds and thousands of people right now in your circle of influence are waiting on the invitation. And all you have to do is say, will you come with me this Christmas? So would you slow down just enough to see the people around you who need to touch, to be touched by Jesus? And then you do everything you can to either share the gospel with them, witness to them, or get them to a place where they can hear the life-changing message of how much Jesus loves them. Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus. God, we can, we see the nativity scene, we hear about the cast, but man, what they have gone through, what they would have went through just to get to this moment. Thank you so much that you love us so much that you sent your son to die for us, to forgive me of all my sins, to forgive us of all of our sins. And I pray we would have slowed down just for this season, Lord, just, just enough to let these questions sink in our heart. God, do we really believe you? Do we really trust you? And will we obey you at all costs? So Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. Can't wait to see what you're gonna do. For it's in Jesus' name I ask and pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Man, if you love that message, man, if you felt led to take a next step, man, we love to take next steps here, and we just wanna connect with you. And you can let us know by going to betterlife.church slash next steps. Like I said, man, we just wanna connect with you. We wanna help you, and we just wanna love on you. Man, another next step that you can do, man, if you love what God is doing here at Better Life Church, and you wanna just support what he is doing, you can go to betterlife.church slash give, and you can give there. Man, thank you so much for what you're doing. We cannot wait to see you here next week.